1: Good morning, I'm Michelle Martin. Asia-Pacific markets are trading higher this morning on the back of overnight gains on Wall Street. Joining me to break down all the market action, Ryan Huang. So we'll catch you later this afternoon in person, hey Ryan?
0: Yes, hope you'll be there Michelle. It's going to be at 5pm at UB Atrium. So joining Raja, the Minister in Prime Minister's office, helping us to break down some of the thinking behind the budget and of course all the questions you might have including what didn't make into into the budget this year. And I hope uh, if you're in the area, you can drop by to say hi.
1: Wonderful. You have a wonderful show, Ryan. We begin this morning with a case of corporate espionage. Our story is set in the global semiconductor sector against a backdrop of growing tensions and competition between the US and China in this key sector. The victim of the crime in question is... From neither country. It is a Dutch company called ASML and they make a key piece of machinery which in turn makes semiconductor production possible. So what happened? What's been stolen?
0: Yeah, so you have to remember the US has been always a bit worried about how much its technology uh, gets transferred elsewhere, especially China. And in focus recently has been semiconductor chips and the technology makes some of these advanced semiconductors that will go into things like AI, quantum technology, and so on. And also worried about how this might be used for military purposes. So right in the middle is this Dutch company called ASML. And it looks like some data has been found to have made its way to China. So it's all around how apparently um, an, an employee stole data from a software system and now U.S. is just starting to get a bit more worried and putting pressure on the Dutch government to do something.
1: Semiconductor chips are used in just about everything. Smartphones, cars, refrigerators, and ASML finds itself caught between growing tensions between China and the U.S. Set this in context for us.
0: Yeah, so it's really about the future growth engines and drivers for what's going to be the next generation for the economy. And we talked about how AI, all these chatbots, they've been in play and making headlines, but OpenAI's ChatGPT. And this is possibly going to mean who will be having the first move advantage when you have the technology in place. So the US, understandably, is saying, hey, these are national security issues. So I think that is um, something you have to take into context that this is going to be a long running episode for um, the technology space that there is likely to see a lot of competition, intense competition for these uh, US and Chinese technologies. And I think we will see more of these disputes on the road.
1: I think so too. ASML holds a unique position in the chip supply chain. So it makes this tool and it's called an extreme ultraviolet lithography machine. Chip makers like TSMC need this to make the most advanced semiconductors. And ASML is the only company in the world to produce this piece of kit. So this current data theft is the second security breach at ASML in less than a year.
0: Yeah, Michelle, Let's bring the com- yeah. Yeah, I just want to add one point that this mm-hmm, also sure. means that allies have to decide between US and China because they are stuck in the middle. So for the Dutch government, they had to figure out if they want to cooperate and to what extent. So I think that's the other angle that will play out in geopolitics.
1: That's a good point, And that's a big one for airlines to have to mull over. Let's bring the conversation to Singapore, where we have indications from two very different sectors of the economy that an economic rebound is definitely underway. So first, let's look at shipbuilding. Marco Polo Marine reporting first quarter profits. How exactly did it do, Ryan?
0: Yeah, I would say Marco Polo Marine is making more headway and it has continued with its traction. And Q1 profit is up 154% to $6.6 million. And this is off the back of what it calls continuous growth in both the shipyard and ship chartering segments.
1: So, profits at the shipbuilder more than doubling, as you say. That's always a nice sentence to... Uh Take in. They jump 158%. In fact, impressive. And at the same time, we're also seeing Marco Polo Marine branch out into a very different industry. I hear it's going to be a windy day. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking about wind farming. Fill us in.
0: Yes, you'd be familiar with Marco Polo Marine. It has a huge stake in the past in how the oil and gas industry performs. Now it's looking at other places to, in a way, diversify. And it's looking at renewable sources of energy like wind. And this is where a wind farm is up in the... Well, I would go say up in the air, but it's, it's going to be <laughs> in the pipeline uh, so it's trying to ride the wind wave, so to speak, by having more wind farms. So it is uh, something to look forward to if you're an investor in Marco Polo Marine. More diversification in time to come. Oh, speaking of
1: wind, let's take to the air. I promised two sectors of the economy that uh, are showing good news. Shipbuilding is one, air travel is the other. Perhaps no surprises here, but more people are travelling. So what is the latest data point on this front, air travel? Yeah,
0: it really looks like revenge travel is here. And because uh, if you look at the data coming through, SIA Group is reporting a pretty strong number in January. So 2.6 million passengers for both SIA and Scoot. And hmm. this pretty much boosted by the year-end travel plus the Lunar New Year holiday season. So that means a four-fold increase year-on-year. So of course, you might remember it's also on Basic Facts because last year you had some restrictions and now you've got many of these borders opening up. So not a surprise to see passengers coming back and it's good news for SIA Group. Indeed.
1: So we have good news on the shipbuilding and on the air travel fronts, but not all is golden this morning. Investors had a chance to react to the Singapore budget during yesterday's session. On the show yesterday, we broke down some of the winners and the losers from the budget, including REITs and property developers in the 10 o'clock hour. How are these stocks reacting, Ryan?
0: Yeah, I think uh, you've got a bit of a knee-jerk response at least when it comes Mm. to how investors are reacting to those taxes. Those taxes on higher value properties, investors just thinking, hey, that might mean people, some businesses might think twice when it comes to buying properties or investing in them at least. And I think that is why we saw S-Streets taking quite a bit of a hit, especially those involved in developing some of these residences. So among the sure. biggest losers, CDL mm-hmm. down 3.2%, UOL down 1.3%. Um, interestingly, A-Street's also took a bit of a hit. And I was just thinking you could actually argue that a Streets might benefit to some extent because some of these are retail REITs which own malls that have... Outlets like Shengxiong and yeah. places that you can spend your CDC vouchers at. So to some extent, they could also benefit. So I am looking to see if today will be a different day for reads
1: let's segue to one of my favorite investors warren buffett now his company berkshire hathaway is usually known for its buy or hold strategy but not this time today we have a story about a company in which buffett bought shares just a couple of months ago but he has already sold these shares and in the process he may have left 1 billion us dollars right on the table so which company did buffett buy and sell so quickly
0: Yeah, Michelle from Buy and Hold. It looks like Buffett's going to buy and sell. It's not too long ago, you might remember, in November, just around three or four months ago, he bought big time into TSMC, the chip maker. And that was a strong vote of confidence for the chip giant. Now he is selling it and that is spooking some investors. And you have to read between your lines maybe why he's doing it. Perhaps it's the... I guess, disruptions in the chip space when you look at the geopolitics in play, plus also the slump in demand for chips right now that is really coming through with layoffs in the tech sector and mm-hmm. people just tightening their purse strings to some se- to some extent. So that could maybe be part of the reason why he dis- is deciding there may be better use for his money elsewhere. So he's selling TSMC big time and... It looks like he is channeling elsewhere and based on reports, it looks like he is betting on Apple. Worth noting, Apple has been making its own chips. So maybe he is just deciding Apple is a cleaner or simpler play if you want to get into the consumer space
1: warren buffett's number two charlie munger also making headlines this morning munger is giving a big thumbs down to tesla particularly when it comes to the electric car makers business over in china so who exactly does munger think is doing a better job than tesla there
0: yeah tesla has a lot of competition (laughs) in china you've got over 300 ev makers and at the top of this is a couple of them including byd so charlie munger is quite bullish on BYD, saying that Tesla pales in comparison. And BYD has actually been doing quite a good job in terms of matching Tesla for discounts, features in their cars as well. So if you look at what BYD has been doing in terms of its performance, the stock has jumped more than 600% in the past 10 years. So not bad for an EV maker. Not bad at all. Elon Musk likely couldn't give a hoot about what Charlie
1: Munger has to say. Tesla shares up more than 70% since the beginning
0: of the year. What do you make of Tesla's recent rise? Yeah, more than 70% so far this year. But you have to remember, (laughs) he took a bit of a hit last year. So a bit of a rebound, so to speak. Um, But it's a case of him having rich people problems. He is just not that rich anymore. So from number one, not too long ago, he's been at around number two or three. But with Tesla's bounce back, it is now putting it in place to get back into number one again. But I think for these rich people, it's just a statistic, right? You already have so much money. What is more money?
1: More money is more money, right? Why can't you do so much money? (laughs) More. That's the point. All right, time for corporate news and a quick game of up or down. Let's start with two tech giants. So the first is Apple. What do you think, Ryan? Is Apple an up or a down?
0: Apple is going to be an up for me. And I'm looking at Apple around the headline. It is looking to scrutinize customer history in its new Buy Now, Pay Later service. And I think this is a good move because it means it's going to be very prudent in how it approaches this very popular Buy Now, Pay Later um, service that everyone's been jumping on board. And then, of course, the risk factor is many of these companies do not actually look at the credit history for many of these consumers to see if they are credit worthy enough, if they will default down the road because they've been so busy with that FOMO factor but apple proving more conservative and i think this will put them on stronger fundamentals in time to come
1: you know what i'm gonna give apple a down because it is delaying the release of its much-awaited mixed reality headset by at least two months people like me we want to get our hands on it we have to wait till june i'm giving apple a down
0: let's move on let's move on to google Okay, let's look at Google. And interestingly, uh, we haven't heard from Apple much on the AI chatbot space, uh, but Google mm-hmm. is really stepping up in that space because in a way it's integral to its business model. So Sundar Pichai, the Google CEO, just sent a company-wide email telling his employees to spend a few hours testing Bard. I think it's a case of him trying to get the machine to learn more and get employees to be more confident around its product and at least familiarize themselves with it. Uh, Of course, in the past few weeks, it's been under pressure with the competition from ChatGPT. And notably, at its demo last week, it ran into a bit of uh, unnecessary publicity around the mistakes that BART was making. So it is uh, hopefully going to be helpful in turning around the BART fortunes if uh, you get more people using it and then maybe it'll just improve it.
1: Yeah, so Google employees, although still smarting over Bards, uh, the launch, which was botched um, you know, because of that unfortunate anti-factual answer, so to speak, by its chatbot, Google CEO Sundar Pichai is reminding Google's employees that some of the company's most successful products were not the first to market. So the Google search engine such a prime example of that. I'm going to give Google an up today. I'm sure it's going to come and give Microsoft and ChatGPT a run
0: for their money. I'm, I'm looking for a comeback. Let's look at British stocks. Okay, British stocks are going to be an up for me. So the FTSE 100 in focus after it briefly topped the 8,000 mark for the first time. And this Mm -hmm. is off the back of a couple of things. Uh, Most notably is the inflation data that came through. Um, Not as hot as expected. So that was a big driver for market sentiment in the UK markets. Indeed, British
1: stocks looking pretty hot. The FTSE 100 hitting that new record. It actually closed a few points below the 8,000 mark. But that's still an up in my book. And how's the British pound
0: looking? Yeah, so we talked about inflation data and it actually dropped as we saw cheaper fuel prices than expected in past weeks. So that's a plus for the inflation picture, which means the Bank of England can afford to pause on its straight hikes and not need to do as much. And that saw some support for the British pound weakening. And in line with that, we saw the British pound hitting a six-week low on some expectations that the monthly tightening cycle is nearly over. And on top of that, you have US rates expected to continue to rise. So if you put that together, we Mm -hmm. are looking at the British pound at around 120 against the greenback. And this is a drop of almost 1.5% in the past day.
1: So the pound trading lower on news that British inflation fell more than expected in January. And uh, we're expecting that that could lead to lower interest rates in the UK.